0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hey, you're listening to the 5-Minute Talk Show with Phil Ayazetta. We're bringing you today's best comedy and entertainment personalities. Now your host, Phil Ayazetta. Joining us on the 5-Minute Talk Show this week is one of my favorite people, that ever walked the face of the earth. And I'm talking about comedians, relatives, just run-of-the-mill people you come across over the course of your life. This guy was one of my favorites. You talk about unselfish, gracious, giving. I mean, Robert Schimmel, to me, embodied all the qualities that a man should have. One of the greatest people, and I'm not just saying that, that I ever met in my life. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the late, great Robert Schimmel. Joining me tonight on the program, a very special guest, a guy we love to catch up with whenever he's in town. I'm, of course, talking about Robert Schimmel. Now, Robert, one thing I want to talk to you about first off, right off the bat, what's your take on the FCC censorship and all this crap that's been going on? Because ever since the Super Bowl, it seems like we're in a a censored society.
0: So here's what scares me about what's happening with the FCC. Um... There, it might not stop at radio. They're going to, because I know that network television right now is complaining and, and you guys are probably going to get this too. It's going to mm-hmm. come back to you. Yep. Network television is complaining that they can't compete with HBO and Showtime, you know, and they can't, that, that what show is going to draw people away from the Sopranos or six feet under or Oz when that was on or any of these other things, you know, and, and, uh, they're going to, going to be pressure for them not to have that on there. And on one day, I think there's going to be pressure for you guys to not be able to do what you're doing because regular radio is going to say, we can't compete with that. And, you know, and they can't, they really can't. I love comedy I, and I love, uh, I don't watch HBO or Showtime for, for, you know, um, soft porn movies and all that i don't care but when, you know when i see that those titles you know uh you know shaving uh private ryan and all that other stuff and uh you know
1: saving ryan's privates yeah. any one of those i got
0: you forest rump you know <laughs> you know but like george carlin right chris rock you know some of these other guys you watch you watch their hbo special right and then you see them on like Letterman or Leno for like the six minutes that they're on, even if they're not doing stand-up, at the panel and you're going, why would I watch this right. when I could get the real thing exactly. on HBO? I mean, why? It's almost insulting to the artist. It really is. And, you know, when they do it, to, they do it to music too. And, and it's deceiving. It, it's, it's actually, it's not good. It's not good on so many levels. And I, I you know, I'll tell you why. I'll give you two, two examples. One, both of them involve me and not in the same way. One is I have a 13 year old daughter. She asked me if she can have money and buy a CD at Best Buy. And I said, yeah, she buys the Eminem show. I never listened to Eminem. I'm sure he's a nice guy. And, uh, and, uh, I've never, I never listened to him. The only song that I've ever heard from Eminem, uh, you know, is on the radio. And on the radio, it's not the same version that's on the CD. And so she puts in the car. My dad is driving. He's 79 years old. We're in Scottsdale, Arizona, (laughs) you know, and all of a sudden it's like, boom, boom, bah, boom, 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 jump on my dick. And I'm like, oh my, my, the car just, <laughs> just slowed down to a stop. Like my dad had a mini stroke or something. I mean, it, that was it. I mean, I couldn't get the CD out of there fast <laughs> enough. And I'm like, what is this? And she said, Eminem. And I said, well, I
1: you mean, the little white guy who's so nice on the radio.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. And she said, no, this is a really good CD dad. You see, he's he was singing that he's lucky that there wasn't a bullet in the gun or his mom would be dead. Yeah. Wow. Lucky him. So, uh, this is it's great. What happened to, and I love her. Da, 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 da. So, uh, you know, when I was a kid you when know, I was growing up, I hate sounding like that. I sound like these old time comics when I was her age. Right. And my parents said, how can you listen to that? Right. He was noise. That's what it was to my parents who listened to Benny Goodman and, mm-hmm. and, and, And the and and Dean Martin Martin and Frank Sinatra and that, right? They hear bam, 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 you really got me. And they're going, What the? (laughs) My speakers are going to (laughs) break. Or the Ramones and they're just like,
1: What the hell is right
0: now? It's the difference is the content that's in the music. It's not, there was never any, you know, you know, my parents never said, Hey, you can't listen to the Beatles because they said something about sucking somebody's dick in there. It's
1: a little different from
0: Blitzkrieg
1: bop to, you know, (laughs) like, I'm gonna kill my wife and stick her in the trunk.
0: Yeah, I don't uh and I don't go for the I heard this on a song and it made me do this, you know, that's because that's a cop out. It's just it's bad.
1: It's time for Bob Zany in this week's Zany Report. <laughs> It's time for the Zany Report brought to you by BobZany.com. Let's get right to it. A study from Switzerland has found men's beards are dirtier than dogs. The reason? They can't lick their own ass. Good news, bad news time. Here's the bad news in Pennsylvania. Police say two men and a woman broke into a hospital and stole $45,000 worth of the colonoscopy instruments. Here's the good news when caught with the goods, they'll make that cavity surge a whole lot easier. And finally, uh, Woody Allen has a new book that's been turned down by four major, major publishing companies. It's gotten so bad, he was also turned down by Amazon and the Dark Web. And there you have it. I'm on the Twitter, at Bob Zaney, Bob on the Instagram. You're all over that social media too, baby. And welcome back to the 5-Minute Talk Show.
0: First time I was on Stern, the very first time, um, I had never met him. I didn't know what we were going to talk about. They, There is no, we're going to talk about it. There's nobody that comes out. Like a lot of radio shows are so scared, especially now. They want you to, okay, now he's going to ask you this, and you're going to say this, and then he's going to ask you that, and you're going to say this, and then they're going to go to a break, and then he's going to say this, then he's going to say we're back from the break, and then you're going to say that. It's like, okay, you know what? Do you need me? So... uh it's not like that. So I was sitting there and he brought up my son that passed away and I had no idea he was going to do that. And he said, you had a kid that died, right? And I said, yeah. And, and, um, he said, wow, that must've really been something. And I didn't know what to say. And so like half of me was like, this isn't funny, right? You know, it's just not, there's, there's nothing funny there. And you know, so half of you wants to go, fuck you. You know what you got, you have children and You know, you don't know what it's like to go through that. If you did, you would never even bring something like that up. You just wouldn't. And then the other half of me said, you know, I can say, fuck you and get up and walk out. I'll never be on again. And he'll still be on, you know, and he put the ball in my court. It's like, Hey, here's this thing. And you did go through that. Right. And. You have to think past the initial thing. So, you know, actually what I said was, I said, yeah, it was really hard. And I said, the Make-A-Wish Foundation came to our house when my son was dying. And they said, we'd like to make a wish come true for Derek. And I said, his wish was to watch Dolly Parton blow me. And (laughs) Stern really started laughing. He laughed out loud. And everybody in the studio went nuts in there. And when I was leaving, Gary, the producer of the show, came over and he said, You're going to be on for a long time. And I said, why? And he goes, because that was unbelievable. And he said, you have no idea. He said, you just reinforced to the audience what Howard is great at. He took something that was like the most sensitive or, you know, saddest thing you could think of and brought out the best in you and made the audience see who Robert Schimmel really is. And he said, and that's what made Howard famous in the beginning is that he could do that with people and then I realized after when I talked to him that he didn't say that to be I mean because I've gotten to know him, and he's never forgotten that line and uh and it wasn't to be an asshole. it wasn't like, yeah, so Robert Schimmel thinks he's funny, huh see these are the things that go through your head. Like in, do you know you ever been in a car accident where yeah, sure, you know man. you're in the car accident and it's really like bam, you know, but in your head it's like
1: yeah, it's like thirty minutes. You know, you have all <laughs> this
0: time, this time to think. So, uh, you know, you're thinking, well, why is he doing this? And you know, to see, want to see what I'm made of, or you know, this, or he just want to be shocking, or this, or that, or whatever it is, right? What he was really doing was he wanted to show people that life goes on, that you can find humor in the darkest thing, that you can go through tragedy and, and emerge and still be you or an, even an improved version of you. And, and that's what ha- when People come over to me and say, I heard you do that joke on the Howard Stern show. And that was great. They're not saying that was great because, wow, that's great that you can make fun of your son that died. That's not what they're saying. What they're saying is, that's great that you could go through a tragedy like that in your life and still care about making other people laugh, still have a positive attitude, still live your life to the fullest and not let something like that take you down because the truth of the matter is if th- if I let that ruin my life then I think my son if he could see me would be he would be crying knowing that my life got fucked up because of him. I think instead it's, uh, it's I'm paying homage to him by doing what I do, showing his sisters that life does go on and that it's beautiful and it's worth living every day. And that's what he was trying to do. There's always, that's how smart he is. He just don't, you know, you could take it for the surface value, right? Or you could find out what's underneath there because he's a father, he has children. And the fact is, is that he can't even fathom the idea of going through what I went through. So how's he going to even know about it or let his fans know about things like that, unless you talk to somebody that really went through it. And it, and if you find humor in it, you know, um, I talk about cancer in my act. I never did. Before I was diagnosed, even though I lost a son to it, I really never believed that that gave me license to talk about it because I would never want somebody coming over to me after the show and saying, Hey, my mom died of cancer. And that's not funny, you know, because, because I'll tell you how comics work. You could be in a room with a thousand people. 999 people could be on the floor holding their stomachs and crying and snot coming out of their nose, and they really can. One person will come over and go, you have to do a joke about cancer? That's what you're gonna focus on. You'll forget the 999 people. You really will. And you'll go, why didn't they think it was funny? It's a really, it's fucked up that it's like that, but it's really great in a way because it keeps you in check so I never wanted to be that guy. I always, as crazy as I am in my standup and as triple X or whatever the fuck they think I am, whatever it is, I do draw a line in the sand and there are things that I won't talk about because there are certain things that are not funny, that it's just not unless you go through it and you can find humor in it and help other people that went through the same thing. Nobody can come over to me now after the show and say, Hey, you know what? I have cancer and that's not funny. I don't think it's funny that you found humor in what you went through. And that's what, and that's why you're surviving today. Because that's, how do you say that? There's no way to say that to somebody. So instead I have people coming over going, wow, that's really great. You know what? I have a friend that has what you have and I'm going to tell them I saw you tonight and here you are on stage four years later telling jokes about what you went through and that everybody does not die. So comedy affords me the luxury of being able to not only make people laugh, which is my greatest joy, but also to let people know that it's not the end of the world. It really isn't. And they're hearing it from someone that went through it. They're not hearing it from somebody that heard it from somebody that knew somebody that heard it from somebody else.
1: Well, Robert, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And, you know, the way that you've been able to adjust and rebound from all the things you've been through, you're just an inspiration to a lot of people, including myself. And I wanted to say thank you for coming by today. you got to no, come thanks. back and see us no, again. No, I'd
0: love to. Excellent. I'd love to. I will every time I'm in New York. You've been listening to the 5-Minute Talk Show. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and keep
1: listening at 5 com.